Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style hello there brad walsh here your host of the empowerography podcast today my guest is griselda beck she is a success coach expert strategist, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and the owner and founder of Latina Boss Coach and Beck Consulting Group. How are you doing today, Griselda? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for making the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey. I'm really looking forward to jumping in and, and learning more about who you are and what you do. Thank you so much for making the time. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I think you hear my puppy there in the background. <laughs> So, Griselda, as I mentioned, you're a success coach, expert strategist, best-selling author, keynote speaker, owner and founder of Latina Boss Coach and Beck Consulting Group. That is a hell of a lot of hats and quite an extensive resume you have there. How on earth do you find the time for all of this? And as a serial entrepreneur, how important is staying organized and prioritization to you? The single most important ingredient, and this is a lot of what I teach on on stages, um, I speak about it and coach in my practice. And when I'm working with leaders of organizations, same thing. And that is making sure that you're putting yourself first and that you are living a life that is aligned with your vision. It's when we mix things or do the things that are outside those lines that really drain our energy and lead to burnout. So what does your morning routine look like then, Griselda? <laughs> it used to look like <laughs> wake up at 5 a.m., go to or 4 or 15 a.m. So I could be at the gym by five and come home and, you know, rush to make breakfast, shower, get ready and just go on about my day. I don't do that anymore. That was really hard on my body and it was not my natural rhythm. So I allow for most days, I allow my body to wake up, which is usually around seven and then meditation first or stretching. Sometimes it's just stretching. I don't feel like sitting there and I just stretch, but doing something of stillness and for my body is the first thing. And then after that, setting my intention for the day, I tend to use the five minute journal. It's really simple. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, but setting my intention for the day, expressing gratitude. And then I start my day. So what inspired you to jump into becoming a coach? Ah, when I did my corporate exit strategy, and this is something that I coach on as well, I did a bridge right? So something with what you know and can do already until you figure out the thing that you really want to do. So I started the consulting business as that bridge. And now I had time on my hands, whereas I didn't before I quit my job. And so I wanted to spend a lot of time volunteering and I found a shelter and I offered my services to help them with career planning and things like that. And they actually told me, we love all that and we need a self-esteem class. So I said, yes, because mm -hmm. <laughs> Grant Cardone <laughs> says, say yes, figure it out later. There you go. <laughs> and then I went to my therapist and said, I don't know the first thing about how am I going to, what am I going to do? And she said, what do you think you've been working on this whole time? And I started, I, so I just started doing that. I started teaching them what I had learned on my own journey. 
And five years later, I still teach twice a month. And yeah, I fell in love with the work and watching the transformation happen for people was just amazing. And it was worth everything. I could see them when they would arrive at the shelter on the first night, you know, kind of with the, mm. that heavy shame. Yeah. It's the lowest point in their life. A lot of grief for some of them. Some of them are there because of a loss of a spouse or something like that. Others due to domestic violence. And so it's just a really low point for them. And watching them as they're leaving on their own two feet with a job and a place to live in and provide for their children and getting to watch that whole transformation and be a part of their journey has been just one of the biggest blessings. So as yeah. I was sharing these things with people, they said, you know, you should really do this for a living. And that's how I started coaching. I held my first workshop, I had phenomenal results and the rest is history. As they say. <laughs> <laughs> It really is incredible to witness transformation unfold before your eyes. It's such a beautiful thing to, to be witness to. Yeah, absolutely. So as a success life and mindset coach, why did you decide to focus your business of coaching specifically on the areas of mindset and success? That has come about by doing it. I always tell people they're so worried about what their niche is going to be, what they're going to coach about when they're starting out. And I say, just do it. People will tell you and the coaching will show you where you get to go. And I did start out with just, you know, the business strategy. Here's how you, you know, do your lead generation, put a business together. But as I've been coaching over the years, 20% maybe was strategy. 80% was the mental blocks that happen when no one shows up to your event and it takes three or four months to do the next one. When their fears and your doubts get the best of you and you want to lower your prices and you want to, you end up doing a lot of work for free, right? Which is something that a lot of newer entrepreneurs struggle with. That road to the 100K, to the six figures is a ton of personal growth. And that's who makes it. The people who do the work in this area are the ones who break through and make it to that six figure. Now that never goes away because the people that are facing, you know, building towards eight figures, it's also mindset, expansion, capacity, leadership, always up leveling the way that you lead your life and your teams and your business. So that, that's why focus that, on that. Area. That growth and stepping out of that comfort zone, stepping out of where we feel comfortable and yeah. willing to put in the work. Exactly. And, you know, the strategy is something I could do in my sleep. I, I, I used to run a multi-million dollar public company for many years and I'm good at it, but it's not what lights me up. What lights me up is human behavior and communication and seeing what's really underneath things, working with that subconscious mind, working with, you know, energy, being aware of our energy field, supporting people into tapping into their intuition that's where the magic happens. Now, being a mindset coach, can you speak to how important a part mindset played in helping you through your struggles and just how important mindset is to our daily routines and our successes? Mindset and connection to my body, meaning there's a physical awareness, there's a subconscious awareness. Subconscious awareness is the mindset stuff, paradigm, your belief systems. It is crucial and it is an everyday practice to my success in my life. Do you only work with women in your coaching business? And if so, why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women through coaching? And why is this so personally important to you? You know, my answer is different today. 
okay. based on things that I've I've gone through. And this is really personal and vulnerable, so we'll go there. Beautiful. Um, I'm going it. through, I haven't been on birth control in years. Okay. <laughs> I didn't need it. <laughs> Previous partner, you know, had a vasectomy, so I didn't have to worry about it. And right. so my current partner, it, it was just something new. And I felt like a teenager all over again. Having <laughs> 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 to think about these things. But here's where what got triggered for me. I got angry inside, not at my partner, but just at why is this my responsibility? Why does everything, and why am I even thinking this way? Because I, I don't think in victim mode, right? And it went back to childhood. And as long as I can remember, I hated that things were different for girls than they were for boys. I hated that everything was available to us, but the way that we got to go about it, the way we had to earn things, the way we had to not invite certain behaviors and alter our behavior so that no one else got a different idea has just been something that has really tugged at me my whole life. And while I didn't really think of it in those terms when I was younger, I just worked harder. I pursued, I, I had this like something to prove mentality that something to prove and be in control all the time is part of what led to my burnout. It's part of what was not working in my business earlier on. And it's what was not working in my relationships. And leaning in and allowing my vulnerability, my intimacy to be alongside, so my feminine energy, to be alongside my masculine, both get to be powerful. That was powerful for me. And that is a lot of what I talk about these days, power of duality and embracing that and not fighting, not resisting those parts of us that make us beautiful and make us who we are, make us powerful. And I have a deep compassion for women that are on this journey because it is different. It is Absolutely. different, different and things you deal with. Yeah, for sure. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before you decide to work with them? She is definitely an overachiever. Okay. <laughs> First and foremost, and would never know it, but she also has deep insecurities. That's part of what fuels her drive, you know, that need to prove, so to speak, and, and appear to have it all together. But at night, you know, she may cry or feel like she's not sure if she can keep going. She is either a successful, you know, she's, she's made money in her business. She's proven her concept, or she is a leader in a high, higher position in executive management, something like that. And the reason for that is because their breakthrough isn't to prove that they can, they've already proven that their breakthrough is in slowing down, putting themselves first, okay. truly connecting to themselves and figuring out what is it that they really want in life. They're going after what they think they should want mm -hmm. and should be versus what they really desire. You say that you help aspiring heart-centered visionaries claim their true calling without waiting to feel ready by amplifying their ability to intuitively attract opportunity. Can you speak a little bit about that and how you do that for your client and why that's so personally important to you? Yeah, the core of that is trusting yourself. For example, people who may not have broken through their six figures yet or haven't been able to repeat the six figures, they tend to allow that self to creep back in. And so not sure if they can do it again. And guess what? We all struggle with that. I'm in masterminds with seven and eight figure earners. And they struggle with this doubt of not knowing if they're going to be able to repeat the number. Whatever your number's at, it's just a new bar. <laughs> but the, the demons, the voices inside our head, they're all the same. And being able to 
reach into just trusting that when that person shows up, when you have that potential client in front of you, when you are on that stage, that the message will come out because you have embodied it, because you know that you know that you know your subject matter, because you know that you are a gift to this world and that you have purpose and that you're living your purpose. You can trust your mouth to open up and allow those words to flow out. And a lot of that is really getting out of your mind, dropping into your heart. And I do that by focusing on the person right in front of me and just listening. Where is it that they're really saying? Mm-hmm. And then where can I respond from? From either my inner wisdom, something that I've learned, something that I know to be true and support them. I love that you said listening because that is such an important skill set, I think. And I think it's lost on us as humans. We all want yeah. to get out and say what we want to say, but we don't want to listen. And really, when it comes down to it, all people want is to be heard. That's it. Exactly. And it's not asking too much. I mean, we have, two, as a friend of mine used to say, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> yes, it's very true. <laughs> but here's the thing. Most people aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about the price tag that they have to ask for. Notice my language even in there, right? Yeah. The price price I have to ask for Mm -hmm. rather than how can I serve this person authentically? Where is she coming from? And then just, do you want further support? I've got you. The price tag won't matter. Well, that's another thing that we struggle with is we go in with this mindset of me, me, me. What can I get? What can I get out of this? And it needs to shift to how can I be of service to you? How can I help you? And it'll just organically come. Yeah, it was it's exactly what you said and to add to that it's also when you say me 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 how can I get something now it's like and can I get this right and you're making it about yourself. Yes. I always tell people I coach sales conversations a lot in my business and whenever we're going back through their enrollment call when they're getting a lot of no's we go back and review them and it's always the point at which they felt a doubt that the conversation starts to go south. Well, that's that's the whole other ball of wax too, is that whole demon of self-doubt and the noise in our own heads. I mean, that's yeah. the worst fight that we have. The external noise, Once I think once you can deal with and quiet the noise internally, dealing with yeah. the external noise is nothing. That's That's a walk in the park compared to quieting the noise within. Exactly. And to go back to something you asked me earlier, why do I focus on women? You know, the external noise, it's there, but the louder noise is the internal voice. Yeah, for sure. And that is based on the early programming, going back to what I said that I was angry when I was a kid, that everything was different, right? From those older paradigms and previous cultures and previous societies, it's changing for our younger girls now. And we're part of that movement, but that's the biggest struggle that men also struggle with. It's just, there is a different level. Level. Yeah, for sure. With I women. would agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Chriselda, what inspires or lights you up the most about being a coach? Literally, it's that moment when the lights come on, the moment of breakthrough. And it's not me. I'm holding the space and I'm asking powerful questions, but it's that moment when the light comes on, like, oh my gosh, and they get their own answer from themselves. Because in that moment, confidence comes back. Trust is restored for as long as it lasts, right? Self-love builds a little bit. They're back in their power and they are unstoppable. And I love those moments. I love the way you said that. The the light goes on. Seeing the light in their eyes just turn on. Mm -hmm. It's wild. It's an incredible thing to witness. Yeah. So 
keeping with the theme of women and entrepreneurship and so on, and, and the shift and the change, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? What are you seeing? Are you seeing more of a change in that direction where women are starting to make that shift and make that jump into entrepreneurship? 100%. I don't have the statistics on me right now, but women businesses are the fastest growing SBA statistic. And women opened the largest number of new businesses in the last, I think it's five years. So yes, we're definitely, (laughs) it's part of this whole movement of having a voice, doing yeah. what you really want, owning your power and being the owner and the driver, right? The sole uncontested mm. author of your life. So I am thrilled to be a part of this and to be able to support other women into creating that for themselves. You being a serial entrepreneur yourself, what are your thoughts on the shift in mindset? Like, How do women continue to push through and continue to break down these ridiculous barriers and the ways of thinking that have been built in and conditioned for so long? So perfect question. <laughs> I, um, I'm also a sex coach and it, it's not two separate things. They're really the same. A lot of the breakthroughs that my clients have been having have been in the bedroom. And when that right. breaks through, it's the same breakthrough that opens up the gateways to money flow in their business. And it's a topic that I've loved. I have been supporting hundreds of women for years behind closed doors. And part of my own journey was owning my sexuality, my sexual expression, being out loud and proud. And when I can support women to embrace whatever journey they're on, whatever their flavor is for them, and they can feel that power in the bedroom, even if it's on their own. It doesn't mean you have to have a, a partner, but when you can feel that and that light comes on, it's like it's like something like a beacon turns on deep within your sacral area and it opens up your heart. It opens up, you show up in a completely different way in your business. I gave the analogy the other day of, you know, when you're first dating someone, like, you know, I don't, I don't know the last time you were dating is, but when you're first That's dating someone, <laughs> you have those butterflies. You can't wait to see the person. Yes. And you're just, you're excited all yeah. the time. And even when bad things happen, you're like, oh, well, you know, like your ability to overcome, overlook things, not take things personal because- What, what do they call high. that? They call that the honeymoon phase? <laughs> yes, the honeymoon phase. What if you could live in the honeymoon phase all the time? Yeah, uh, there you go. And so we do that by breaking through in this area, okay. freeing the shame, freeing the guilt, freeing their own truth of what they really desire. So many women have a hard time asking for what we really want, or we get into the routine of things and we do what people pleasers, even in the bedroom, right? I was on a stage a few months ago and I shifted halfway through my speech and I said, (laughs) you know, how often are you guys bending over backwards to make things happen for other people, right? But then your dreams, your things get put on the back burner. I said, let me ask you this. How often have you been bending over backwards in the bedroom and coming up with the short end of the stick? And, the and what was the response? <laughs> roared. Nobody go. asked me after that speech about anything related to business and confidence, which is what I talked about 95% of that time. They came and wanted to be heard about their stories. Wow. Women in their 60s who've been married for 30 years, you know, young women who are like, could I really have that? I never realized that I wasn't getting what I wanted. I didn't so even think powerful. about it. Like, it's not even that they did it, you know, resentfully. I just wasn't even thinking about it. So, yeah. <laughs> that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? 
connection. <laughs> connection. There are times, you know, we, we all deal with it where I think maybe I'm not on the right track. <laughs> I start doubting my own self, right? As I said, it happens at every level. And when I experience connection, whether it's someone lovingly holding the space for me to have my breakthrough or me showing up to be in relationship with others, that lights me up. Yet another powerful piece. This is Sorry, something that just shows up in work. This is, I live this work, right? So yeah. a conversation yeah. with my mom that typically would have gone south. Now right. we, we turned it around and we were able to talk through it. Those moments light me up and keep me going. Connection and communication. Yeah. You have done and do quite a bit of philanthropic work. Can you speak a little bit about that and some of the organizations you work with, the type of work you're doing with these organizations? Sure. I have three main projects that are near and dear to my heart and that right. I serve. Two of them are nonprofits and the third one is nonprofit that is being birthed. One is MANA, MANA the North County. It is an organization that focuses on uh, mentoring Latina youth. We do so by leadership development, advocacy, we do community service projects with them and mentorship. We have mentors that are on site with them. And then the other organization that I is very near and dear to my heart as well is Operation Hope, which is the shelter that I uh, teach the self-esteem classes at. That was near and dear to my heart because there have been people in my life, in my family, who had to run out with nothing else. And I want them to know that their lowest point does not define them. Their circumstances today does not define them. Only they can define what their tomorrow gets to look like. And they have the power to choose in any moment. And so that's near and dear to my heart as well. It's, they predominantly serve women with children and families. And then the third one was birthed out of a leadership team that I'm a part of where we have raised over $95,000 and have built a school in Uganda. So I think in September, October, we will be headed over there, all 42 of us leaders for the ribbon cutting. And then we are currently working on the curriculum for them. Amazing. That's incredible work. All of it. So yeah. again, such power in doing all of that work. Yeah. It's truly a privilege to be able to do so. I remember a time when I didn't have the time, I had the money, I yeah. didn't have the time. And now I get to do both. <laughs> has, has philanthropic work always been a part of who you are? Like, I mean, even when you were younger, say in your teens, is, were you interested in and part of philanthropic or volunteer work back then too? Yes. It's okay. always been a part of my life, both on the receiving end and the giving end. I was raised by a single mom who worked two jobs, <laughs> running her own business and working um, wow. for someone else and mm. changed careers three times in that lifetime. And watching that was really powerful. And there was nothing that I, I didn't get to do because of our circumstances. And sometimes that included even doing trades. We used to wash the parking lot at my dance school so that I could have dance classes. And I would also work the front desk and the reception at the dance school so that I could earn my classes. And yeah. my mom would come and we would power wash the parking lot on yeah. a Sunday after working seven days a week. She would do wow. that. What an incredible role model. Yeah. And then always, my mom's always been big about giving back. You know, my uncle was in a rehab center for a while and, and we made their Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving dinner every year and, you know, hand sewed blankets and scarves so that they wouldn't be cold. I can go on and on, <laughs> but yeah, it's always been part of my life. This is part of who you are. You were brought up in that yeah. and knowing, knowing no, no other way. 
Yeah. And it's very cool that I now get to choose the causes that are near and dear to my heart and why I choose them. You're also an international bestselling author. Can you speak a bit about that book, the title (laughs) and overview, what it's all about? Yeah, that's been a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm on a, I have 32 co-authors. There's 33 of us. Okay. And we are writing a book series based on the 13 principles in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. So a lot of the collaborators that have done multiple renditions of that book are celebrity authors in the book series with us. So it's very cool to be able to see them and talk to them and work with them and of course be associated with them. But yeah, so we are on... We just launched volume six and every volume, every book that comes out is based on one of those principles. And so you have a piece of our story and how we've applied that principle in our life. So there's seven more to go. Yes. Wow. That's quite the project. Six more to write. Seven's under our belt. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty incredible. So how did this project come about for you? Uh, Also birth from our leadership team. One of them was in the lead authors mastermind and they were recruiting, not recruiting, but looking for who would be aligned right? For this yeah. project, who they saw that their careers on their own were all headed in a certain direction. So that by the time we were done with this project, it's an 18 month project, the leverage of each person's audience would obviously help make this book yeah. a success. So yeah, I was invited to participate. So I'm in here with uh, eight of my sisters. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. Leadership, but okay. I've really gained an entire family of 33 new people that are incredible, absolutely That's... incredible at what they do. And we each have our own piece of the puzzle on this world, which I think is beautiful and are very aligned in our values and what we want to create on this earth. Has being an author and writing something that's always been part of who you are, or is this a fairly new path for you? It was always a dream and it was because I one day wished that I could just tell all my truth and not worry about the consequences. And I always thought that that would be after my mom died, I would finally write my book. (laughs) (laughs) My mom is gratefully still alive and with us and I don't have to wait anymore. I got to do the work in myself to not worry about what people think and be honest and truthful about my experience. I am bisexual. I was raped, you know, when I was young. I have some other sexual trauma. I've had many failed relationships and I was picking people, not realizing that I was unemotionally available myself because I was afraid to hurt. I was afraid to lose. I was afraid to risk. I was afraid to trust because I wasn't trusting myself. And going through that journey now, like I get to have that all right now. So I am working on my own personal book and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Probably Amazing. next year. Mm-hmm. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Listening without judgment and meeting people where they're at. Listening. There's that listening piece again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Lovely because it has changed over the years. <laughs> as it usually does for people as we as we grow older our priorities change. Yeah. Success used to mean benchmarks, milestones, right? Title, money, house, things like that. Success now means waking up and feeling, I can't believe this is my life. (laughs) That's incredible. True fulfillment, which you can only get when you know who you are, you know what you want, and you have the confidence to go after it. Beautifully said. Mm -hmm. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after you learned it? How incredibly amazing I am. 
my energy, my beingness, the way that I show up, I see it reflected in people's eyes. I experience that love, how incredibly loved I am because I couldn't see that before. And this journey of intimacy, and that really means being in relationship with myself, trusting myself, loving myself has been the greatest gift ever. I mean, everything broke through, everything opened up. Money, the biggest months I had had yet in my business came through. The partners that I have now in my life and the relation, what a relationship gets to look like for me, because it's different. It's not, not a traditional person. And being grateful for that and speaking my truth, speaking up my voice, using it powerfully to create change. This has been the most incredible ride of my life. That magic every day. That relationship with self is the most important relationship we will ever have in our lives. Yeah. It's the longest relationship yes. you'll ever have. Exactly. <laughs> the only guaranteed relationship yes. you will ever have. <laughs> 100% truth. Yeah. And it's often the most toxic relationship people yeah. have. Yeah, because of those internal demons, those monsters that live inside and that we yeah. struggle with and, and struggle to tame and keep quiet. Right. What is your personal motto? I don't live by one, okay. <laughs> but I do live by a couple things. One is being curious. I used to react to a lot of things because of the voices in my head, right? Yeah. So now I just lean in with curiosity. So whenever I feel, and for all of us, it may you may feel it in a different part of your body, but we all feel it. Some feel a heaviness or a tightness in their chest. Others a lump in their throat or a fire burning in their throat. Some that anxious feeling in your solar plexus or your belly, wherever you feel that, get curious and lean in. What am I really feeling? What is this person really saying? How's this working for me? So it's really about being open and accepting things as they are rather than what we think it should be or looking through a filter of predetermined definitions. There's a lot of freedom in that for yourself. And there's a lot of joy and relationship and depth that you can create in relationship with others when we do that. The other thing is the power of duality. <laughs> um, you can be sad yeah. and happy at the same time. You can feel joy and grief at the same time. You can be in a very low point in your career and winning at the same time. So when you can embrace that, you have the power of acceptance. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Supporting others in feeling their own power. Beautiful. And to be empowered is to feel my own power, to know that I am powerful. Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Pick one, anyone. <laughs> sure. Uh, probably the most astonishing was when I first went through transformational training. And part of that training is releasing, just speaking authentically about who you are and what you want. And I remember, I'll never forget the first time I said, I'm bisexual. And she was like, okay. And like, she was just waiting for me to say more. And I was like, yeah. no, that's it. That's my, it's like horrible. And I'm a very sexual being. And like, I've lived my life very differently. <laughs> and there was no judge. I mean, there was nothing but love. And that made me cry. And at that point, I prided myself on not crying ever, not needing anything or anyone being very strong. I say that with air quotes, because true strength is being able to say was really coming up for you. Speak your truth. And not worry about what somebody else is thinking. And that's yet another hard thing for us as humans to yeah. conquer is speaking our truth, but also 
not letting what other people think or say affect us. Yeah. And here's the truth. Most of the time, people will be loving and accepting when you are loving and accepting of your own truth. There may be those outliers and that is their choice and that that's okay. I had to have that conversation with my mom. I love you and I want you in my life and it will tear me to pieces if you choose not to be in it. And I get to honor your choice. I can't continue to live my life for you. I get to be who I am. And it took a little bit of time, but she did come around and, you know, she's at every event. First front row. <laughs> uh, supportive mom, of course. Yeah. There's days where it backslides. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I get all of the old, old bad words and things that I'm just horrible at. Yeah. And those are the days where she's not feeling her best. And, and I get we're to allowed. space. And she's yeah. allowed to have those days. For sure. And I don't get to take it personally. Okay, we're gonna jump into a rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing, okay? Okay. What was your dream job as a child? OBGYN. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Naked. <laughs> if you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? Mm, it would be in an airport as you're coming down an escalator. <laughs> well, it's a lot of people, a lot of traffic goes through there. Unapologetic freedom. How would you describe yourself in one word? Free. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Love. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Love. Would you rather have more time or more money? Time. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our (laughs) regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Griselda, what is your why? My why is what I really wanted, and it took many, many different words and shapes and forms. What I really wanted at the end of the day was freedom. And so I stand for love and freedom for others now that I have found it myself. What's your way of showing up for yourself every single day? Love. (laughs) I know I say that a lot. I see a theme here. It is the answer to almost everything. And that means being compassionate with myself, giving myself grace. It means cheering myself on, celebrating my wins. I mean, but at the highest level. That is love. That's the big one too that we tend not to do is celebrate our wins, no matter how big or small they are. I think that that's something we need to do more of for ourselves is celebrate those wins and look back and enjoy them, revel in them and celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. It is what, you know, 95% of the time we are repeating what didn't work. We, you know, what we're not good at or our shortcomings. I always start my sessions at the shelter and I always ask, you know, name two things you're good at and one thing you'd like to change. And people always default, even though they've been there forever, they always default to the the thing they'd like to change. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now two things that you're good at. And they have a really hard time with that. Yeah. That's something we need to put into practice more often, I think. Mm-hmm. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, man, that's a toss-up right now. It's between Brene Brown and Oprah, but I would say Oprah. Okay. And yeah. why Oprah? I have looked up to her. I have inspired her. I have been practicing my interview with her <laughs> since <laughs> I was like 10. <laughs> I didn't know that it would be for what I'm doing today, you know, right. back- and I thought it's because I was such a great doctor that invented something or something. But I, yeah, I've been practicing that interview okay. for years. And I talk out loud to myself. <laughs> hey, that's nothing wrong with that. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? 
There is nothing wrong with you. You are perfect as you are. Be you. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say and what words of wisdom would you impart? I would ask them where in their life are they not experiencing a 10 out of 10? Where would they grade themselves any less than 100%? And that is where they get to lean in and truly love themselves enough to put themselves first and then watch everything around you change. Beautifully said. Griselda, thank you so much for making the time to be here today and sharing a bit about your story and your journey. It was an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. You are truly a beautiful and inspirational human being, woman, and soul. I am so honored and pleased to have had the opportunity to sit down and speak with you and now have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you for making the time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brad. It was a wonderful interview. I really appreciate all the insights. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Griselda Beck. She is a success coach, expert strategist, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and the owner and founder of Latina Boss Coach and Beck Consulting Group. Thanks so much, Griselda. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you, you too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.